man. I'm like ready to run out of a tunnel and hit somebody. I mean, it's, that's, uh, that gets me hyped up. Man, we're glad you're here. Last week we talked about Jesus because that's what we do every week here. We, we talk about Jesus because that's, uh, that's where the power comes from and that's what's important is to talk about Jesus. We looked at this story last week of Jesus hanging with his friends. It was the last meal that he was ever going to have here on earth before he went to the cross and before he, he died. So he's at this last meal and he uh, sees his, his best friends around him. These 12 guys called the disciples who he hung out with. He decides to get up from the table, take off his outer garment, tie a towel around of his waist, grab some water, and then he washes their feet. And we really just rallied around this, this thing last week that for our friends, when it comes to friends and families, that we have to put our friends and other people first before ourselves because that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. And that's what we want to do. We want to put other people before ourselves. And we talked about just turning up the volume, like turning it up a little bit, that we would do that, that we'd go second, that we'd go third, that it wouldn't be about us being in the front of the line, taking the, the biggest brownie, um, taking shotgun, that we would just say, you know what, I'm going to put other people before me. Tonight, we're going to continue to talk. And for the next few weeks, we're going to land in a what, probably the most famous sermon ever preached. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And simply this, Jesus preaches uh, and obviously they called it this because he's on some little mountain. Uh, he was preaching to them maybe from a mountain above, and they were all down here. Uh, he was maybe on a small cliff above them, but he was preaching, um, and that's where this happened. So Jesus teaches them, so we get the Sermon on the Mount. This is like Jesus' manifesto. He is telling people, okay, this is what it looks like to be citizens of the kingdom. This is what it looks like to be a Christian. This is what it looks like to follow me, and he just continues to tell people um, what he wants them to look like. He's just basically saying, hey, this is what Jesus people, this is how they live. This is how they go through everyday life. It's these things. As we look at turning up things in our lives, here's what I don't want you to leave with uh, tonight or any of this series. The last thing I want you to leave with is this. Oh, great, just thanks for adding to my laundry list of to-dos. I really appreciate that. Like you're putting more on me to, to, to do, more on me to be. You're just loading me up with these things, uh, these things that I have to do to be accepted by God. And here's the thing. This series is not a do more series. It's not. This is not a do more sermon. That's not what Jesus is talking about here. So many people, when they read the Sermon on the Mount, they think this. They think, I must turn the other cheek in order to be accepted by God. I have to love my enemies and love people who have been a jerk to me to be accepted by God. But I have to do these really, really hard things. I have to be, follow the golden rule perfectly to be accepted by God. Young people, i got good news for you tonight. And the good news is this. We are accepted not, we are accepted by God, not because of anything that we do. There's nothing you can do that would say, there's nothing great that I can do that God would accept me. There's only one way I'm accepted, and that is through Jesus dying on the cross. That's how I'm accepted, and that's good news. That's really, really good news that this is not another, hey, go do this sermon. Because we've been accepted. And since we've been accepted, we want to try to live our lives like Jesus did. And he tells us here in this sermon how to do that. Jesus, for the next few weeks, is going to say, this is, what, this is what Jesus' people live like. This is not another one of those, there's more to do. It's really this. It's, this is what we do. 
Like this is how we live. It's not more. It's this is how you and I are called to live if we're going to put the banner of Christian on our life. It's what's going to happen. Here's what we find Jesus telling us tonight. He's going to challenge us with a really, really hard thing, um, and hopefully it's going to challenge you. I know it's challenging me as well. We find this in Matthew 21. In Matthew 21, the Sermon on the Mount continues to go here, and here's what we find Jesus saying. He says, you've heard, he's going to say this about six times in, in 27 verses. He talks about this old thing. You heard this, but this is how I'd like for you to live. You've heard that it was said, to the people long ago, you shall not murder. Anyone who murders someone will be subject to judgment. This is the sixth commandment. You've heard this. Maybe you've seen it in your schools. Uh, you've seen the Ten Commandments. This is number six. And Jesus is like, you've heard this. You've heard this, this rule. You, you know what it's about. And Jesus is going to say this a lot. You heard this, but this is how I'd like for you to live. Because here's what the people of the day would do. And we do the same thing. They had what this, I call it like a workaround. So they wouldn't be on the hook for whatever they did, right? Um, like I remember one story my mom always tells about me where I was like, okay, this is the good workaround. I don't even know how I made it up. All right, I'm probably five or six years old, uh, and it's one of those things uh, where you're not supposed to. Remember when you were a little kid, and even now, like, don't write on the walls. There's something being a little kid, like we want to write on walls. I don't know why that is. Um, but for some reason, I wanted to, so I'm up in my bedroom. I'm going Michelangelo, all right? I am just drawing away on my bedroom wall. I'm just drawing away. All of a sudden, the door opens. My mom steps in, and she's like, you know, probably in a pretty loud voice, Brian, what are you doing? So the workaround is what I said. I said, well, I'm drawing Noah's Ark. And like, you can't, I mean, can you be mad? I mean, I'm drawing something from the Bible on the wall, you know? And there's this workaround where we do this all the time with people. Well, it really wasn't that bad. I was only doing this. And we love to blur the lines. And that's what people did with this law of, of hey, don't murder anyone. Here's what they did with it. They said, okay, I'm not going to murder them, but here's what I'll do. I'll hate them. I'll say all kinds of really mean things to them. I'll be really bitter against them. I'll throw them out of my family. I'll throw them out of my life. But here's what they'd say. I was all this stuff. Maybe I even hit them or I, I slapped them or whatever. I was really rude to them. I was hating on them. But here's what the people would say. I didn't kill them. And people are always working this around. Jesus is going to continue to talk about this workaround, this, these blurred lines that we love to, to, to blur. There's going to be another one that we're going to talk about in a few weeks. About He talks about lust. It's this really strong desire as you look at, at someone. And they'd say this, well, as long as I, I didn't sleep with the person, as long as I didn't go any farther, I just looked, and it's okay. And that's what the people did, and that's what many times we do. Uh, we can just look at whoever we want, and, and uh, hey, I didn't do anything. People love to, they love the workaround, and you and I love the workaround. Another thing these people would do is they'd swear by all kinds of things, not swearing like cussing, but they'd swear, okay, I swear on my mother's um, grave, you know, that, that I'll do this. And they'd just swear on all these things, and they'd swear on everything except God's name because they knew that was the one thing they could not swear by, and they'd think, well, I'm good. I'm a good dude because I never swore it against God, but I swore it against everything else out there. And they had all these workarounds that they tried to do. It was all external. 
It was all looking good on the outside, but God's always after the heart. Jesus is always after the heart. He's after our attitudes, and he's after our desires, and he's after those kinds of things. And that's what Jesus is, is getting after tonight. He's not like, hey, don't kill anybody. He, he says that in the Ten Commandments, but now he's going to turn it up. He's going to say, but there, there's more to that. I want you to be more than not just being a killer. You know what I'm saying? And here's what Jesus says. He says, you know not to kill but then he turns it up and he says this in verse 22. But I tell you, not just killing people, but he says, I don't want you to do this either. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. He's like, I want you to love people. I don't want you to have the cop out, the workaround of, you know, I, I hated them, but I didn't kill them. He's saying, Man, I don't even want you to be angry. I want you to be people who are filled with love. And he talks about their speech. Anyone, again, anyone who says to their brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to court. Raka meant stupid. And really, uh, as I'm reading about this week, I'm like, what in the world is Raka? What in the world is that? It's really on how you'd say it. The way they would say it was just really mean and really, you could tell by the way, you can tell in people's voices if they're like you or if they don't like you. And this is one of those terms where you just look into their face and you would yell this at them. And it was one of those kind of words where you were just the stupidest of the stupid. You're a fool. Anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. See, Jesus is uh, going not just after the outward action, he's going after the heart. It's pretty obvious to see if anyone's going to, if you've killed somebody, it's pretty obvious because they uh, are, are no longer around. It's just obvious, but it's not really obvious what's going on many times in people's hearts. It's just not. You can't see what's in there. Sometimes you can by their actions, but many times you can't. Because here's the thing. A lot of us, but we hurt people with our actions. We hurt people with our, our words. Yeah, we're not murderers, per se, but we're murderers of people's feelings and their hearts and their lives with our words and our actions and our anger and things like this. Yeah, we never killed anybody, but, man, we've hurt people. We've hurt people. And Jesus says, man, I don't even... Forget killing people. I want, you, I want your heart to be right. I don't want you to, to hurt other people. I want you to be people full of grace. So Jesus tells us what to do, and I love the Bible because it doesn't just leave us on a, okay, then what, how, how do I fix this? Jesus tells us how to fix it, and he goes on and, and talks about it here. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar, if you're going to church, and you remember that your brother or sister, somebody else in the room that you're mad at, has something against you, leave your gift on the front of the altar, and here's what Jesus says. Instead of holding that grudge, instead of being bitter, instead of hating people for years, first go and be reconciled with them. Then come and offer your gift. Man, fix the problem you have with your brother or sister. Then come worship. Man, he goes on 25 and he says, settle matters quickly with your, ad your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge and the judge may hand you over to the officer. And you would be thrown into prison. I read here that many times people would grab somebody by their cloak because it talks about, well, I mean, are we really going to walk to court together? We're, we'd hate each other. 
But here's what people will do. They'd come and they'd drag, they'd grab somebody by the cloak and maybe they'd have somebody else with them and then they would drag them to the court of that day and they'd walk together. And Jesus is saying, hey, before you get to the judge, because the judge is going to make some, maybe some decisions you don't like, why don't you fix that drama? Why don't you fix whatever's going on on the way there? Jesus is saying, man, do this quickly. Do it really quick. I tell you, truly I tell you, you will not get out until you pay the last penny. Pay the last penny. Jesus says, hey, would you, why don't you fix things before it gets out of control? Because bitterness breeds bitterness. If you've ever known someone, a lot of times I see this in family. There are families who hate one side of the other family. And they let this drama go on for years. And they're just like, oh, we're not going to go around them. We're not going to go near them. And it's just this breeds and breeds and breeds. And Jesus knows this. And he's like, man, why don't you settle the drama before you get before the judge? Why don't you fix this? I was watching this TV show. It, it blew my mind. I've heard of them a lot. It's called the Hatfields and McCoys. You've probably heard of them. West Virginia story. It's actually a true story. These two families who hate each other. I can't remember when, I think it was late 1800s, early 1900s. And I was blown away as I'm watching. It's like a depiction, like it's on History Channel, kind of true, you know, but I'm just blown away by the, the truth of this story. Like one family would shoot a son, and then that family would be angry, and guess what they'd do? Yeah, shoot the other son. And then I couldn't believe it. Instead of fixing it, and these families are torn apart, their sons are dying, what do they do? That family goes back down to the holler and shoots that family. And then if that family is like, oh, no, you didn't, and they go back down the other holler, and they shoot that. And it's just crazy. I'm like, why don't you fix this? And then we, we laugh at the Hatfields and McCoys, but we do the same thing. Oh, you're going to do that to me? Okay. I'll say this about you. Oh, you're going to do that to me? I'll fix that. Oh, you're going to tell gossip about me? I'll make sure I get something out about you. And we're just like them. We blur these lines and we say, man, I'm not murdering anybody, Jesus, but we're killing relationships. We're murdering relationships and friendships and things like that. Jesus says, man, I'm after the heart. I'm after your attitudes. I'm after your desires. You see, and this is where we need other Christians in their, our lives. I need people in my life who can say, you know what, Brian, I, I see the grace of God in you. I just see that. Because I also need people that would come to me and say, Brian, where's the grace? Why are you holding that grudge? Why are you being that way? Why don't you get over it? Why don't you forgive? I, I need people in my life, and so do you. We need our brothers and sisters. We need people to say, man, Brian, I see God's love in you and the way you love people. And I also need people to stand up and say, Brian, that is not love. Those words that came out of your mouth, that's not love. I need people in my life to help guide me and say, man, there's more. There's heart issues. I need things. I need people to say, Brian, you're always building people up. And I need other people to sit down and say, Brian, why are you sitting across from the table for me and gossiping? You see, we need people in our lives that are going to help us walk down this, this path. And I'd rather hear it now than hear it on the last day. Brian, what? Why were you, did you hold this grudge for so many years? And this is Jesus talking to me on judgment day. Brian, why, why weren't you loving? Why? 
I want to do two things tonight. I want to tell you two things, and we'll call it a night. And there's simply two things that I think will help direct your path when it talks, when Jesus is talking about here. When he talks about the relationships with people, when they get volatile, when there's anger, when there's hate, when someone's hurt you, when someone's wronged you, like what in the world do we do with people when things get really tough, okay? We know we can't kill them, all right? We just, we're, we, we can't do that. But we also can't hold a grudge and be bitter. We also can't gossip about them. We also can't just continue to hold things over their head because it's just as bad. Jesus is saying, I'm after the heart. I'm after your heart. So here's the first thing that I would have you do. Would you give people grace? It's very simple. Would you give people some grace? You don't know what kind of day they've had. You don't know what they're going through. Would you just give them a little grace? Maybe they're going through the worst day of their life, the worst season of their lives, and we just give some people some grace because Jesus says, you know what, anger, with anger comes many times, what happens is you may not kill anyone, but you're going to kill relationships. And I've seen several relationships be killed because of anger. Like I said, I know families who don't speak to each other anymore. I know people who leave people out of their lives because anger comes in. If we'd be people of grace, so many more people would stay in our lives. They need to be in our lives. I had a car wreck a couple weeks ago on a youth group trip. A lot of fun. I don't recommend it, okay? Um, six cars involved, so six drivers. And three of them were our church drivers, so there's three other guys. And they were all really, really cool about it. They could have been so angry and mad. One guy, the, the dude that I hit was late for work. But he's like, hey, it happens. I don't know if he's a believer, but he's somebody who was saying, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm going I'm to give some grace. And we just sit talking for a little bit. We talked a little bit about church and life, and he was telling me about his life. He, was, uh, he went to Clemson on a swimming scholarship and got to swim against Michael Phelps and telling me this cool story. I mean, just sitting there, and this guy had all this grace, but yet I blasted him. I didn't blast him. I hit him <laughs> in the rear end of his nice Subaru WRX, this sweet, fast, nice little blue car. And he had just this grace for me. And I wonder in your life who needs grace? Who is it that you need to forgive? Who are you holding a grudge against? Who have you had some drama with in the past little bit? Who is it in your life that needs some grace? Because here's what I find. I find that somehow we've been given a lot of grace from God we're really stingy with it. It's kind of like this. These are my favorite cookies in the entire world. They are called Nutter Butters. Um, I mean, they're awesome. And here's, here's kind of what we do. We, we, it's like somebody giving me these, and then I have these four delicious cookies, and it's like me going over here uh, to um, Alyssa and saying, okay, I'm going to share with you. Here you go. Wait, that's, hold on, hold on. Yeah, there you go. I need to have a little bit, Okay. And it's like me eating the whole rest of the cookies. And this is what we do with grace, guys. God's given us all this grace because you and I screw up all the time. 
And we need all this grace, and all of us are like, oh, I'll give my friends a little bit. I'll give the people at school a little bit of grace. I'll give the person who was a jerk to me a little bit of grace. I'll give the person who hurt me really bad a little bit of grace. God's given us all this grace, and we want to give it away in, in crumbs when you and I need to be giving away cookies of grace, the whole packet of grace, because we've given so much grace. Would you just give some people some grace and stop killing relationships? So many people need grace. But you give grace away like you're made of it. Because grace usually breeds more grace. Last thing tonight is this. You need to watch your words. Jesus talks here about calling people names in anger, calling people names when you have this temper, when you're, you're riled up. And he talks about, hey, even the words that come out of your mouth, I'm worried about those. I'm worried about these words. Jesus says, watch your words. Don't call your brother stupid. Because here's what God and Jesus know. Here's what Jesus knows. He knows you're probably not going to kill anyone, but he knows this. He knows that words kill. Because they do. There's been times in my life where people have said words to me and it's as much as somebody taking a knife and shoving it into my heart or into my back. Words kill. Jesus says, I don't want you to kill people, but you know what also? I don't want you to kill people with your words. And he's telling us here tonight, man, would you just watch that? Would you just watch that? There are friends who no longer talk anymore because of words. There are people who no longer see each other because of words. There are wars that start because of words. There are people right now who I know of who are going through depression and anxiety because of some words that their parents have told them. There are people I know who are really down because they, they've been told this from certain people. There's pain and pressure put on people because of words. And Jesus knows that words are so, so powerful. He's like, man, would you just be a person of grace and would you really watch your words? And Jesus isn't the only one who knows this. I was uh, trolling through Twitter last week and I, uh, I found a, a tweet that Maddie put out. I don't know if you can see it. Maddie said this. And it's so true. Some people, some people have no idea how bad words can hurt. And I think that's what Jesus is telling us here tonight. Like, do you realize, do you realize how bad words can hurt? Jesus is warning us. He's telling people, don't live your lives just saying this. I didn't kill anybody. I didn't punch anybody in the face. I didn't do anything like that. Jesus is saying this. He challenges us to turn up and says, I'm not asking you about killing people because you're probably not going to do that. But would you live this life of grace, this life of forgiveness? Would you use words that build up and bring life? Jesus is not saying tonight, you've got to do more. Here's some more things for your plate. He's saying, no, this is how I want you to live. This is not a do-more sermon. This is not a do-more sermon from the Sermon on the Mount. It is a, this is how you should live. The people at your school, the people in your neighborhood, your family, your brothers and sisters, they need grace, and they need words that will bring life. Jesus warns us. He's like, hey, here's what I'd like you to do when you live this way. I want you to be a person of grace and forgiveness, and I want you to speak life into people. <coughs> it's to be about building people up instead of tearing them down. 
I'm going to pray, and we're going to go to our groups. If you're new and you don't know which group to go to, I'll be right here, and I would love to point you in the right direction. Uh, let's pray. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Uh, ladies, if you want to go through this door, uh, it'd probably be better because it's pouring out there and you don't want to get all wet. Uh, so those doors are open. Thank you, Miss Tammy, for uh, thinking that way. Hey, let's pray. Shh. Dear Jesus, um, you've given us so much grace. And I pray that we'll be people who give that grace away. It's not all for us. There are so many people that are walking this earth who need some forgiveness, who need some people to just say, you know what, it's okay. Or you know what, me too. But we need to be people like that, who will be people of grace and love and forgiveness. God, help us to stop hoarding all of the grace, giving out crumbs. Start giving it away to people. God, would you help us to realize our words also, they kill your word tells us that. Your words, that, that words bring death or words bring life. That words are poison or, or they're fresh fruit. And we get to choose which they'll be. God, we thank you for this challenge. And we thank you tonight. You're not challenged us to do more. You just challenge us to live this way. Lord, we thank you for this day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.